up, what up, what up, y'all? This is George Becknell, and you are in the paint. This third episode of In the Paint is brought to you by Seven Stitches Lifestyle Boutique. Seven Stitches is located on 415 Lee Avenue in Lafayette, Louisiana. You can call them at 337-484-3720. Or you can also shop online at www.shop7stitches.com. Seven Stitches for all your apparel needs. All right, let's dive into this week's topics. First things first, the Cleveland Cavaliers are coming into the All-Star break on fire. They looked dismal in the beginning of the 2018 calendar year. They started out the year 6-10. and 10. So what did they do? They traded away the whole roster, seems like, right? And in my opinion, the trade looked kind of desperate at first, you know. You get rid of Isaiah Thomas, Derrick Rose, Dwayne Wade, Jay Crowder, Iman Shumpert, and Channing Fry, and you pick up George Hill, Larry Nash Jr., Rodney Hood, and Jordan Clarkson, right? Looks like the Cavaliers are prepping for life without LeBron because everything looks terrible. There's no way they're going to re-sign LeBron, and they just want to get younger for next year. That was my original thought process. But you know, I'm one of those people when I can I can admit when I'm wrong and I've never been more wrong in my life. These Cleveland Cavaliers have looked so good. In the last 3 games, they've they're outscoring the Thunder, the Celtics, and the Hawks by an average of 15 points. Now, the rest of the season They've been averaging 110 points scoring and 110 points on defense, which is, in my opinion, the definition of mediocre. So why are the Cleveland Cavaliers looking so good right now? Because they fit, right? George Hill is the starting point guard. Jordan Clarkson is the point guard coming off the bench. He's going to get a lot of minutes going down the stretch. Look, these two guys are good guys who could come in, who could score. But most importantly, unlike Isaiah Thomas and unlike Kyrie Irving, who are great players in their own right, especially Kyrie, right? These two guys don't have to have the basketball, which fits with LeBron James because the Cavaliers' offense run through LeBron James. The Cavaliers won't go if LeBron doesn't go. That's just what it is. So you got two guys who could come in, who can run the point, and not necessarily have to have the basketball all the time. It's working for them. You know, you got six guys that's scoring 10-plus points a game. And this team is deep. You know, Rodney Hood comes in and provides a spark off the bench. This 6'3 shooting guard can score. He can put the ball in the bucket. He can play defense. I like this guy coming off the bench. But the most important pickup, in my opinion, has been Larry Nance Jr. Larry Nance Jr., son of Larry Nance Sr., by the way, who played his professional ball in Cleveland as a Cavalier, also won the first NBA slam dunk contest, has come in and he's, to me, he's the game changer for this Cavaliers team. He's going to do two things. 
Number one, he's going to push Tristan Thompson to be better, who in my opinion has regressed since the Cavaliers won the championship year before last. And two, because Larry Nance is 6'9", 230, and super athletic, he's way more versatile than anybody else on this Cavalier roster not named LeBron James. So what he's going to come in and be able to do, he's going to be able to guard guys like Draymond Green if they have to play the five. He's going to be able to guard guys like Andre Iguodala if they have to come in and play the five because he's that athletic. Also, he forces those guys to play defense. So obviously, the Cleveland Cavaliers, their whole goal is to go back to the finals. When you have a guy like LeBron James, a once-in-a-generation type of player, that should be your goal. And right now, they're looking like the best in the East. You know, I know it's only three games in, but the potential I see for this roster looks like the Eastern Conference champions. Yeah, I get it. You know, DeMar DeRozan is playing out of his mind this year, and the Raptors are in first place in the East. Kyrie went to the Celtics and totally changed Boston, right? They're in second place in the East. I get it. I understand. I hear all that. But when you have this once-in-a-generation type of player and you surround him with pieces that fit, this team is going to go all the way to the NBA Finals. Now, are they good enough to beat the Golden State Warriors? I don't think so. But they have a lot better chance now than they did two weeks ago. That's just me. Keeping things in Cleveland, former Cleveland Brown first-round pick at quarterback, former Heisman Trophy winner Johnny Manziel has announced that he will be participating in the Elite D-League this spring in hopes of an NFL comeback. Johnny played 14 games in his NFL career over the 2014-2015 seasons. The Browns are 3-11 in said games. He's thrown for 1,675 yards, 7 touchdowns, and 7 interceptions. Pedestrian at best. Look, Johnny Football, he can ball. I saw him at AM. I even saw flashes of brilliance in Cleveland. But I don't know, Johnny. This, this was tough, you know. He's labeled as a party animal. He's labeled as a hothead, not focused on the game. That's a bad label to carry, especially playing the quarterback position. I don't see this working out well for Johnny, but I wish the XFL was starting this year. I can see Jim McMahon calling up Johnny Football saying, hey, guy, come play in my league. He'll sell some tickets. Hopefully this is still going on in 2020 by the time the XFL starts because I, I would love to see this. But Johnny Manziel was just another first-round bust for the Cleveland Browns who since 1999, their first-round picks at quarterback includes Tim Couch, Brady Quinn, Brandon Whedon, and Johnny Manziel, obviously. So, so the Browns had a bad season last year, even by the Browns' standards, right? They went 0-16, and it earned them 
the first pick in next year's draft. They don't have a franchise quarterback. Everybody in the NFL these days need a franchise quarterback. You got a couple of vets out there. You know, Nick Foles, Super Bowl winning quarterback Nick Foles. If he stays in Philly, he has to be the backup, right? Does Cleveland make a trade for him? I don't know. Obviously, the first guy that everybody's going to want is Kirk Cousins, being that the Redskins went out, got Alex Smith to be their starting quarterback. So Kirk Cousins is a proven guy in the NFL who a lot of people are going to want. So do the Browns go after one of those two guys? I'm not sure. But if they do decide to draft a quarterback, I looked at the first four potential quarterbacks in the draft, and I kind of broke them down a little bit because I'm curious to see what these guys do in the NFL, right? So the four names that come to mind that all the scouts have been talking about, ESPN's Mel Kuyper, Todd McShay, all these guys are talking about these four guys. You got Josh Rosen from UCLA. You got Sam Donald from USC, two Pac-12 guys. You got Josh Allen from Wyoming, and you got Baker Mayfield from the University of Oklahoma, right? So let's start with Josh Rosen, right? He's the guy that everybody thinks is the total package, right? You know, everybody thinks this guy's going to be the first quarterback selected, the best pick. I mean, he does look good in the pocket. His throwing motion is amazing. He has a strong arm. He's a big frame. Even though he's had some injuries thus far, you know, he had the, the ACL thing. He had a concussion. I still think he has the type of frame to hold up in the NFL. So last year in 2017, he threw for 3,756 yards, 26 touchdowns, 10 picks. He took care of the ball. He played well, but I'm not 100% sold on this guy. You know, he can move around in the pocket, but I got the feeling that Josh Rosen is already as close to his ceiling as he's going to be. He's the one who's the closest to his potential in this group, in my opinion. I like the kid. I think if he gets drafted to a team that's already got pieces around him, he could play well, but I don't think he's the franchise-changing quarterback that a number one draft pick should be. But I think I think he'll be a solid pro. Sam Donald, the next guy from USC, this is the guy that everybody thinks has the biggest upside, right? He's also a big guy. He also has a strong arm, but this guy has very, very good accuracy. You know, he threw for over 4,000 yards last year, 26 touchdowns. But the problem with this dude, this dude threw 13 interceptions and lost seven fumbles. He's he's reckless with the football. Now, if he gets that cleaned up, I think he'll be a guy that has the potential to be a very, very good pro. Um, But he has to take care of the football. There's no excuse for that. Uh, he moves better than Josh Rosen, in my opinion. He makes plays, but he's a gambler. He's almost like a extreme Brett Favre. So we'll see how that works out for him. If if his gunslinging 
tendencies takes him to another level or it buries him. My gut's telling me it's going to bury him. I don't see where he's going to be that great of a quarterback, but we'll see. Now, this next guy, Josh Allen from Wyoming, I had to go dig up some film on this dude. This Because, I mean, who watches Wyoming football, right? I, I, I don't. But I heard about this kid. I had to go dig up film on him. Now, his numbers are very, very pedestrian. You know, he threw for 1,800 yards. He has a 56% completion percentage. 16 touchdowns, 6 picks. I mean, okay numbers, right? Solid at best. But the dude is 6'5", 230 pounds. And when I watched this guy, this guy could move, man. This guy could move in the pocket. He could get out of the pocket. He could make throws on a run. He could make all the throws. This guy could make all the throws already. He reminds me of a Ben Roethlisberger. And look, I get it, right? He did play at Wyoming. He does have pedestrian stats. But a team that passes on this guy is going to be sorry. I think this guy is going to be a very, very good quarterback in the NFL. He does remind me a lot of Ben Roethlisberger. I think this guy is a high-reward pick. If it were me, I would take him over Josh Rosen and Sam Donald. Just my opinion. Debate me if you want. I've already given you the handles. Let me know what you think. This fourth guy, the Heisman Trophy winner, Baker Mayfield, to me is the most special quarterback in this draft. Now, he's obviously not going to be the first or second guy off the board because of his size. He's closer to six feet than the rest of these guys. You know, he's not as big. But, man, Baker Mayfield is a baller. You know, listen to these numbers. 4,600 yards. 70% completion on 4,600 yards. 43 touchdowns. And six picks. He takes care of the ball. He makes plays. And he gets criticized for his antics. A lot of people see that as him being a troublemaker or what have you. Me personally, I see that as passion. You know, he, he this guy can rally the troops. This guy has his team falling behind him. And he just makes plays, man. He has that it fact that he's a baller. You know, he gets out of the pocket. He makes plays with his legs. He can make plays on the run. He can make all the passes. This guy, Baker Mayfield, is the second coming of Drew Brees. So, it'd be cool to see Sean Payton pick up Baker Mayfield later on in the first, you know, second round, something like that. We'll see what the Saints do if they make a trade to get back higher in the second round and pick this guy if he lasts that long, right? We'll see how this plays out. But this guy is probably my favorite quarterback in this draft. You know, I said it last year. 
Deshaun Watson was my favorite guy in the draft. He was the most NFL-ready. He was a baller. You know, the Bears picked Mitchell Trubisky. The Chiefs picked Patrick Mahomes. But Deshaun Watson was the guy. When he got in there, he balled. He might have been on the MVP ballot had he not gotten injured when he did. I'm just saying. I get that same feeling about Baker Mayfield. I think he's gonna be in the guy, he's gonna be the guy in the draft to have the longest career and probably the most meaningful career. All right, but enough about football. It's all-star weekend in the NBA, and it's at Staples in LA. And for the first time in a long time, I'm actually excited about the all-star game, right? The NBA is doing something the NFL tried with the Pro Bowl for a few years that was that was fun for a little while. Instead of going the traditional East versus West, the two top voters got to be captains. So LeBron James of the Cleveland Cavaliers has a team, and Steph Curry of the Golden State Warriors has a team, right? So on Team LeBron, the starters are obviously LeBron, LaMarcus Aldridge of the Spurs, Anthony Davis of the Pelicans, Kevin Durant of the Warriors, Kyrie Irving of the Celtics. Now, the bench guys are Bradley Bill of the Warriors, Goran Dragic of the Heat, Andre Drummond from the Pistons, Victor Oladipo from the Pacers, Kimball Walker from the Hornets, and Russell Westbrook from OKC. Team Steph, is the starters for Team Steph or Steph Curry, obviously. Giannis Antetokounmpo from the Bucks, better known as Greek the Freak. DeMar DeRozan from the Raptors. Joel Embiid from the 76ers. And James Harden of the Rockets. Now the guys coming off the bench is Jimmy Butler from the Timberwolves. Draymond Green from the Warriors. Al Harford from the Celtics. Damian Lillard from the Blazers, Kyle Lowry from the Raptors, Clay Thompson from the Warriors, and Carl Anthony Towns from the Timberwolves. There's a couple of things in this game that I'm looking forward to, right? First of all, the thing that stands out to me, I've never seen Kevin Durant and LeBron play an all-star game together. You know, they've been on an Olympic team together, cool, but I really want to see how they play together in the All-Star game. Another thing I want to see, how Kevin Durant plays against his Warrior teammates. I want to see him go against Draymond. I want to see him go against Steph and Clay. I want to see that. I'm actually excited about that. I also want to see how LeBron and Kyrie Irving are going to coexist. So, it's an exciting game. You got a bunch of good players in there. I really am looking forward to this game. You know, when I was a kid, I was big into the NBA All-Star. It was one of my favorite events of the year. I used to love watching the Stars play play against each other. It was always fun. It was a bunch of dunks. And I was just thinking about my favorite All-Star memories, you know. Um, I have so many, you know. But I had to ball it down to two. And if anybody knows me, you're about to assume that I'm uh, that I'm going to give you a Michael Jordan memory in the All-Star game. 
Well, you're right. That's why I picked two. So, the first memory I'm going to talk about is Michael Jordan in his last All-Star game. You know, you got Mariah Carey singing at halftime. They got the speech from Mike, right? And at the end of the game, the East down two, and Jason Kidd's put the ball in, the, in Michael Jordan's hands. Mike hits the fadeaway in the corner over Sean Marion, and the crowd just went nuts. Man, I still get goosebumps when I watch that. But the East blew it because the West won in double overtime, right? But it was still a great moment. But my second favorite All-Star moment, well, not my second favorite, just another favorite moment, right? Because this one is just as good of a favorite. Vince Carter in the 2000 Slam Dunk Contest to me put the, put on the best show ever. I mean, the guy stuck his whole elbow in the rim. He dunked from the free throw line with two hands. It was just electrifying. It was the greatest dunk performance I've ever seen. You know, and I went back and watched all the Slam Dunk Contests. I've seen Dr. J. I've seen Michael Jordan, Dominique Wilkins, all those guys, Kobe, do the dunk contest. But nobody tops Vince Carter in 2000. Nobody. Which brings me to my next topic. You got the new slam dunk contest, right? Um, I don't. People don't look forward to this anymore. You know, it it's just not as exciting. You know, the participants this year are Victor Oladipo, which you know, guys got some good hops. Larry Nash Jr. I talked about him earlier. He's got he's athletic. He's 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 a good dunker too. Dennis Smith Jr. from the Mavericks. Donovan Mitchell, probably my rookie of the year pick, right? But these guys are not the stars in the league, man. I, I miss those days when the best players did the dunk contest, you know? And, and, it, and it seemed like to me, almost every great player at one point in time, except the centers, right, did the dunk contest, you know, LeBron, if you listen to this podcast, Russell Westbrook, if you listening to this podcast, Paul George, if you're listening to this podcast, Kevin Durant, getting this dunk contest. The fans would love to see it. I don't know why the stars don't do the dunk contest anymore. To me, it's, it's terrible. You know, the dunk contest isn't watchable, you know, I don't like it, I wish the stars would get back on it, but nevertheless, I think it's going to be a good, successful All-Star weekend, I'm really looking forward to the game, all right, y'all, I need y'all to do me a favor, if you're liking the paint, if you like what you hear, please go ahead and hit subscribe, I've given you my social media. It'll also be in the description of the podcast. If you have any feedback, I'd love to hear it. And let me know what you'd like to hear. I'd love to answer questions for you. But until then, I'll see y'all next time in the paint. (laughs)